Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Michael, good afternoon to you, my friend. How are you doing? Good afternoon. How you doing? All right? I'm sitting here doing pretty good, drinking some coffee, and uh, excited to be here with you. Lovely. Yeah, I'm excited to be here today. I've got a wonderful teaching today, something I've been studying all for over 20 years. Wow. I want to hear it today. Brother Michael, welcome back. Uh, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord God, we thank you that we have this sacred opportunity to preach to all the people listening on the radio and to give them your word. And Lord, we ask that you touch them today and deliver them from everything which is troubling them. And we know Satan is defeated. He's defeated by the word, which is the sword of the spirit, the two-edged sword that cuts him to pieces. And I know I should be doing what I'm doing today because I got a visitation from a demon last night. So I know that I'm doing the right thing today, preaching what I'm preaching. So please give me authority and power to deliver this message like I've never delivered it before, Lord. And I thank you for Shannon and I thank you for all the listeners to Amiga Man Radio. And I ask you to bless them today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and over to you, my friend. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Well, welcome to you all. God bless you all, wherever you're listening from, Sydney, Australia, Idaho in America, uh, wherever you're listening from, anywhere in the world. And I want you to hear this teaching today. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about everything spiritual and everything sexual, which is demonic. Churches don't speak about this stuff. They're too frightened to speak about it. But I'm going to tell you now, we will overcome in the name of Jesus. So spirits of lust, spirits of perversion, demonic spirits that attack us, especially in our sleep, 
we're going to be talking about that today. So please make sure you take any notes and make sure after the program, if you know anyone who's been suffer who's suffering like what I'm going to speak about today, make sure you listen to it. People are often at their most vulnerable when they are sleeping. And Satan has an array of demons that violate their victims sexually. And I want to speak today about these things. One being sexual attacks by demons and the other, the sexual immorality by mankind. There are many demons of sexual violation. The first one and the most famous one is called incubus. But before we do, let us make a distinction uh, between promiscuous people, male and female, who sleep around outside marriage, and they never feel the presence of any demons as long as they continue in their sexual sin. No matter what sort of sexual sins they're in, all the time they're engaging in sexual sins, Satan has them bound and he just wants them to continue sinning. Let's have a look at two scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9, then 1 Corinthians 6 18. 1 Corinthians 6 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. 18 says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Hallelujah. And people think, you know, these days that fornication and sexual promiscuity is part of life. They always believe that God made us that way. God made a man to enjoy a woman, and God made a woman to enjoy a man. But this is what happens. It is when a sexual sinner decides to change their ways and turn to Jesus for salvation that problems begin. It is essential that anybody with a background in sexual sin, when turning to the Lord for salvation, receives prayers of deliverance from sexual sin. I have known many women and men who get sexually attacked at night in their sleep from demons. You see, Satan gets enraged with anger when the sexual sin ceases. Let's look at the demon called Incubus. Incubus is a demon, hallelujah, that attacks women while they are sleeping. In medieval Europe, Sex with an incubus was supposed to result in the birth of witches, demonic children, and children born hideously deformed. Continued sexual activity with a demon can leave the victim at risk of terrible fatigue, even mental illness. Another word for the demon of incubus is a spirit husband or spirit lover. And the demon even tries to marry in the spiritual realms of darkness. I've known people who have been attacked by spirit husbands or incubuses, and they feel on the third finger of their left hand, they feel the presence of a ring that has been placed there. They can't see it, but they feel it. They say when they take their hands, they can feel it. And I have felt this when I've put my hand upon it. And it is if the demon has decided this one's for me. And you'll find that when this happens, that the person, the lady, finds it very difficult to get married, to meet someone and settle down, because the demon is always in the way. And the demon is always blocking any relationship. In the spiritual realm of wickedness, some victims even go through a phantom pregnancy where their stomachs swell like they're carrying a baby. I've recently dealt with such a woman in my own church, a Russian lady, 
and that's happened to her and she comes to me and her stomach is very swollen and if I lay my hand upon it it's rock hard and it takes a lot of prayer and I always pray and that goes down in front of me I see it go down so the devil's a liar incubus is a Latin word which means nightmare induced by a demon called incubo which means nightmare uh, what lies down on one while they sleep few pastors or churches have any knowledge of this or would say once someone has said the sinner's prayer they could never be troubled by anything like this even if someone has said the sinner's prayer they need to go through deliverance the first time incubus is mentioned as a demon is around 2400 BC in Mesopotamia. One scientific explanation for incubus attacks is put down to sleep paralysis and something called hypernagogia. And that is common to experience auditory and, vis vis and visual hallucinations, which lead to feelings of being held down and crushed and suffocated, vibrations and tingling sensations, even orgasmic feelings, even short-term euphoria happens when a victim awakes. Now, to get short-term euphoria, short-time joy and excitement after being violated by a demon is a terrible thing. And in certain parts of the world, I've read that some women even invite demons to have sex with them because they say that the sex they have with demons is far greater and far better than they could have with any man. Most victims I have prayed deliverance over wake up to feel abused, dirty. I've even met some that have marks and bruises on certain parts of their body. Whenever you go into the world, there will be different variations of incubus. Many are shape-shifting dwarfs. Many are handsome men. Many are animals that turn into humans. Depending on which part of the world to go, you will see this phenomenon. One of the best known comes from West Africa. It's called the Tokolosh Man, and that's T-O-K-O-L-O-S-H. I have dealt with women from South Africa, from Nigeria, from Zimbabwe and Ghana, who have experienced this phenomenon, the Tokolosh Man. Uh, African women do their best to protect from this, but if you're under this form of demonic attack, a powerful word of God you should read before you go to bed of a night. I recommend this. I tell people to read it. It's Psalm 35, which states in verse 1, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Hallelujah. Let's read a bit of Psalm 35 now so you can get an idea of how powerful this is, how extremely powerful this psalm is. Hallelujah. We pray now in Jesus' name. Psalm 35. I'm going to read verses 1 to 6. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Amen. I really recommend that you read the whole 
of Psalm 35 before you go to bed and you plead the blood over your own body. You plead the blood over your bedroom. You plead the blood over your bed, the sheets, the pillowcases, the pillows. Plead the blood. Hallelujah. And declare your love for Jesus Christ. And if you're suffering from this thing, get help from a deliverance minister or a pastor who deals with the demonic. I have to tell you a story about a lady who contacted me many years ago when I was a young pastor. And she came from Brixton, a famous area in southwest London. Uh, I know it very well because my family came from there and I spent my childhood there, so I know it very well. And a young lady rang me and she told me she had gone to Jamaica to take part in an occult wedding. Uh, she was actually engaged to an Ethiopian man. And, you know, he was a Falasha, so he was Jewish by birth. And she had two children by this man, but the man decided to marry a Jewish woman and he didn't want to marry a non-Jew, even though she was studying Hebrew and looking to convert to Judaism. She was very upset and someone told her of a man in Jamaica who could arrange marriages. And she had to pay him a large sum of money forget how much it was, £5,000, I think. And this was back in the uh, 90s, a considerable sum of money. And she went to Jamaica and she took a young uh, one of her sons with her and she went through a ritualistic bathing and, and she went in a bath and uh, she had rose petals and various oils and perfumes poured in the bath with her. And she was anointed uh, spiritually. And this was, she was anointed in what they call obia. And obia is a demonic form of religion that is practiced in the Caribbean, but particularly in Jamaica. And while she was in this bath, she felt a force open her legs and move into her via her vagina. She said a terrible force. And she married this man and brought him back to London and a job was found for him and everything was laid on. It seemed that this man in Jamaica had great say and he had great contacts within uh, England because there's a large Jamaican population in England. And she rung me up and she told me this story and she said she was attacked night after night by this incubus and she said he would pick her up, throw her across the room, beat her up and all sorts of things. And she asked, could I help? I was a bit perturbed. I had never uh, met anybody who had problems like this. I had dealt with lots of people who had been involved in witchcraft. So myself and Janice, my beloved wife, went to see her one night. And I picked Janice up from work. She worked nearby at the time. And we went to this house. And it was a, a block of flats in about four floors. Not a huge block of flats, but about four floors. And as we pulled up outside the car, this woman come on her balcony and started hurling insults down at us, swear words, F words, and saying all sorts of things like this. And we thought, how did she know we were there? So the demon inside her, the entity, had said, go and insult them, chase them away. So anyway, people looked around and thought, why is this woman shouting and swearing at us? So we went up to her door, we knocked her door, and as soon as she opened the door, uh, Janice, my wife, who's wonderful with women and wonderful with children, spoke to the children and the children started vomiting everywhere and this woman started manifesting and vomiting and we told her not to worry and we went uh, into her living room and started praying for her and this thing started to get physical wanted to get physical with me wanted to beat me up and all that but I stood my ground and uh, eventually it backed off and this went on for quite some time she'd be picked up off the bed hurled across the room uh, one night her husband the one she brought back from Jamaica, tried to intervene and it picked him up like he was a rag doll and threw him against the wall. 
But we kept on praying for her. And every time I rang her and she heard my voice, she used to shout and scream and vomit. And eventually she was set free. So incubuses are really serious demons. And I'm not trying to frighten everyone, but I'm trying to say to you, if you are experiencing anything like this, you need to ring and get help. I'll be happy to help you. Now, the next one we want to talk about is a succubus. Now, this is a female equivalent to incubus. And it's called succubus when a man gets seduced by beautiful maidens who both seduce and satisfy, even causing the male to have orgasms. And they become attached to that man and become spirit wives or lovers. Make no mistake, these are real demons. Even though they may not look hideous, they are demons. Behind the physical problem of what is called wet dreams, or when a man wakes up in the morning to find that he's had orgasms in the night, certainly a succubus is behind this. Doctors may say that wet dreams come from overexcitement or being overaroused, but I believe succubus is behind this. The word succubus is derived from the Latin succuba, or paramour from succubere, which means to lie beneath. A succubus is also described as a demon that wanders the earth. In Jewish mystical teachings and the medieval Jewish satirical text entitled Alpha Bit of Benzera, Adam, it claims, was married before he knew Eve, before the Garden of Eden, to a, wood, a woman called Lilith, which is a name some women are called, especially are named by women who deny the biblical version of Adam and Eve. I actually met a woman who asked me for prayer once, and I said, what's your name? She said, Lilith. I said, who gave you a name like that? And she said, my mother. And that let me know that a mother was involved in witchcraft. According to this mystical uh, Jewish text, it says Lilith left Adam and mated with the fallen angel called Samael. That's S-A-M-A-E-L, Samael. And she became a succubus. In the Kabbalah, which is another Jewish book of mysticism, it is claimed that four succubi mated with the angel Samael. And these four succubi, they became known as the queens of the demons. These are named Lilith, Esieth, Zenumin, Agrat, Bat, Mahiat, and Nama. A succubus may appear beautiful, but on closer inspection may have deformities like claws and a serpentine, a serpentine towel. Throughout history, priests and rabbis have tried to bind the power of the succubus. There was a pope in Rome called Sylvester, who was pope from 999 to 1003, who allegedly was involved with a demon succubi called Meridiana, Meridiana, who supposedly helped him reach the top in the Catholic Church. He confessed his sin before he died, and he died in repentance. That's said to be a true story. Succubus wish to come between man and his wife and ruin their marriage. They try to have the same affection that a man has with pornography, leading the man to long for deviant forms of sex. There is another form of female demon who violates, and that is called hag, H-I-G. You've heard that saying, she's an old hag. Well, this comes from the demonic. A hag is believed to be a shape-shifting, 
ugly witch who attacks a man sitting on his chest and trying to sexually violate him. Sitting on his chest, causing him to suffer shortness of breath and causing him to have nightmares and wake up panicking. I was attacked by one of these demons in the early hours of one Sunday morning after spending excuse me, a Saturday evening in a church doing lots of deliverance. Myself and Janice was very tired and we went straight to sleep. I was woken some time later. Uh, I felt I was being touched. I woke up and a huge black female demon with red eyes and blood red lips and tongue was attempting to become intimate with me. It was difficult to move because she was so heavy. I could barely move. I rebuked her in Jesus' name and I hit her across the face with the back of my hand and told her to leave immediately. She left and never returned. I believe she was one of the demons I cast out from someone who received deliverance on that Saturday evening. Like the incubus, the spiritual warfare and defense must be the same. Plead the blood of the lamb over yourself, your wife, or if a lady is being attacked, her husband. Read out Psalm 35 and claim freedom from demons through Jesus Christ our Lord. And remember this scripture, and we're going to look at Luke 10, verses 17 to 20. We're going to read Luke 10, verses 17 to 20. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. As I said, don't be frightened of these things. I'll show you how it goes. We don't have to be frightened of anything. Jesus is Lord. Luke 10, 17 to 20. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You don't have to be frightened of anything. Hallelujah. Thank God I've never had to deal with a demon who comes back and abuses a victim again. Everyone I've ever dealt with, once they've gone, they've gone. You see, they have loads of people they can attack throughout the world. Hallelujah. And now I want to tell you about Satan, who has five generals who immediately under his command and execute all his plans for the world. And these five Generals are demons of fornication, lust and perversion. And I'll give you the names of the five. I don't usually give names of demons out, but I'll give you the names of these demons and I'll explain to you what each one does. The first one is called Baal, B-A-L-L, a demon of impurity who entices and seduces mankind to no longer look at sex as a blessed union in marriage that produces children, but to look at sex as a recreational pleasure, a way of pursuing pleasure and lust, whether it be man or woman, man on man, woman on woman. But you see, all this problem starts with fornication outside the marriage bed. The next demon is a wicked demon. His name is Admodius, and I'll spell that for you, A-S-M-O-D-E-U-S, and that is the demon of homosexuality in men. And this is blatant homosexuality, campness, 
mincing mouths prancing around men that look like women really and they don't look masculine at all these are the sort of people we're having thrust on us in the world now and this demon asmodeus is working under satan and he's answering satan's complete will for what be done to mankind that's number two the next one is Leviathan. Now, we look at Leviathan as a sea monster. That's how it's portrayed. But there is a demon called Leviathan. And he is the very, very cute demon. A demon of homosexuality against masculine men. Can you think of a man who was masculine, a movie star? He was in Giant. He was in Ice station zebra a top actor who i used to like very much when i was a kid rock hudson but you never would have thought rock hudson was homosexual because he always came across as so masculine another one was james dean another guy who seemed to be a tough guy this demon leviathan it influences very masculine looking men who from the outside you would never think that they were homosexual, but he influences and they change and they turn over. The next one we spoke of before is Lilith. Lilith is a succubus and an evil demon. She also promotes very seductive forms of lesbianism, luring ladies into believing that they are not really straight, but they should be lesbians. Her ascendancy is to enter all cultures and classes throughout life. She infiltrates them and she leads them to think they're lesbian. I met a woman once and uh, she was that sort of thing. She had been married for many years. Unfortunately, she'd been married to a guy who cheated on her. He was a womanizer, an adulterer, and he was very handy with his fists. And she was led to believe that she really should have been a lesbian and never married and never had children. And she became a lesbianism. Number five, uh, you will hear about, the word is Baphomet. Now, you've seen Baphomet. Baphomet is described as a goat and is seen as a goat. And this is the demon of child sacrifice, responsible for the spread of abortion and infiltrating governments. Even Christians' mind must make an abortion a divine right in society. I believe that Christian countries in the Western world are totally under the control of these five demons. And it all started with fornication. You see, these demons are responsible for all fornication outside marriage, the spread of various sexually uh, passed on diseases, contraception like the pill, and the coil, adultery, homosexuality, both in male and female, abortion, and all sexual abominations like bestiality and paedophilia. And this all started when people started fornicating outside marriage. That was Satan's major plan. And at the moment, it's working. And if people like us, born-again believers, we don't pressurize our governments or we keep silent in churches for fear that we're going to be arrested or persecuted for speaking our minds, then we're giving the devil carte blanche to do what he wants. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about mankind and sexual sins now. Mankind wrongly believes that sexual sin... It's a sin that has few consequences. Believing that God created mankind to be sexual beings to one another through mutual attraction. And through that mutual attraction, sex is bound to occur. And what is the problem? 
Why did God create man and woman if he did not want them to get together? In families, few mothers and fathers believe their children are doing anything wrong as long as they're consenting adults. But sex is the ingredient for adultery, pregnancy, outside marriage, abortion, sexually transmitted diseases and single-sex parenting. Satan is very happy that men and women engage in sexual immorality. He is even happier when teenagers engage in sex because he wants their lives to be ruined. Let's have a look now at Matthew 5 verses 27 and 28. Let's have a look at this now and see what it says. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We glorify his name. Matthew 5 verses 27 and 28. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You see, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Lust starts in the eye. And when a man desires a woman, he will look at her with desire and lust. And that's where lust starts with the eye. Even Christians live together outside marriage and even bear children, believing that because they go to church, they are different from non-believers. But the Bible disagrees. It states in Hebrews 13, verse 4. And forgive me before I read this scripture. It's not my intention to upset anybody at all. But I have to read this. I have to read every word in the Bible. And I have to read it with the truth that it was designed to bring us. For the truth shall set us free. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13. Verse 4 says, Marriage is honourable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Hallelujah. So, if you go to church and you're living outside marriage, really the pastor should have the courage to say something to you. He should speak to you. No matter whether you go to church or not, you will face judgment. Many people believe that I have met who have defended their relationships by saying to me, and saying to me loud and clearly, some even with anger, we are in a loving long-term relationship and we're sure God understands. But God created marriage for man and woman to be blessed. So when a man and woman are having their self-control stretched to the limit and they are in love with each other in marriage, the answer was given from the Apostle Paul who stated in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 9 and we'll explain this. Hallelujah to you now. This is quite a wonderful scripture. Hallelujah. We pray now in the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, what a wonderful man. Hallelujah. And it says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7 to 9. Let me just find that for you now. I usually write this, uh, the scriptures down. Now, I've done this wrong this time. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 9. Let's find this for you now. Hallelujah. 7, verse 9. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And the Apostle Paul has said that if you're burning with passion and lust, it's better that you get married it's better that you settle down rather than fornicate because fornication destroys the body and soul. 
And I truly believe that. All of us have been through it. Men who became born again later on in life, when they were young men, we all went through this problem. And it's no good pretending we didn't. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 4, verses 3 to 7. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour, not in lust or concoptuance, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matters, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us into uncleanliness, but unto holiness. And he has called us in that. Adultery is spoken of in the Ten Commandments and many marriages struggle because of adultery. Exodus 20 verse 14 states that we shall not commit adultery. God sees adultery as evil that must be purged and the penalties in the Old Testament were very, very severe. When we look at this uh, the punishments now for sexual sins, there are no punishment. There's no punishment at all. Someone can walk around with AIDS and sleep with someone and infect them. And if he makes a decent uh, defense of himself or he gets a good lawyer to defend him, it's unlikely that he'll ever be treated harshly. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 22, verses 22 to 24 hallelujah if a man found be lying with a woman married to a husband then they shall both of them die both the man that lay with the woman and the woman so shalt thou put away evil from Israel if a damsel that is a virgin betrothed unto a husband and a man find her in the city and lie with her then you shall bring them both out of the gate of that city and you shall stone them with stones. They shall die. The damsel because she cried not, being in the city, and the man because he hath humbled his neighbour's wife. So thou shalt put away evil from amongst you. Hallelujah. This is... What happened in the Old Testament, sexual sin, was regarded as something terrible. Even though in Western Christian countries, adultery is no longer a punishable offence. Though it is cited in divorce proceedings, adultery is higher now than any time in human history. Both Exodus 20 verse 14 and Deuteronomy 5 verse 18 commands us not to commit adultery. And it is a command from God. And any command we should adhere to. God is not saying him for the sake of it. We should adhere to the commands of God. Hallelujah. Children born outside marriage are children that are not being given the chances they would get if they had both mother and father, whom God would bless as parents. Political correctness constantly tries to convince us that a child being parented by a single mum or dad does not suffer at all. Yet I've seen in my own family the hardship single parenting brings and we have to really really be careful of this sort of thing it's not right people will say well what do you know about it i know about it a lot i've had two in my own family two of my own daughters that made these arguments with me that they claimed they was in long-term loving relationships and they had children outside marriage. And both of these relationships ended. I'm going to read a scripture now. And I'm not picking on anyone when I read it. 
but it comes from the original King James. Listen to it, please. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. So that was dealt with very harshly. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, to be born outside marriage carried severe penalties. But even God placed a level of protection on the fatherless child and widow. And we need to balance up by reading that level of protection now, which we find at Exodus 22. Verse 22. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. So they wasn't to be picked on. They wasn't to be beaten up. They wasn't to be spat at or ridiculed. God had made his feelings felt in the Bible. But we have no right being Christians to attack anyone who has chosen this way of life. Let's have a look at Psalm 127. Wonderful Psalm, verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. This tells us of the blessings of childhood. The childhood is a blessing. And it's a blessing that we should do within marriage. Hallelujah. And it's so sad when I see single parents struggling, struggling financially, struggling with loneliness, especially when children get older and they might get a little bit out of order. Hallelujah. Galatians 6, verse 9. And said, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we fail not. When we do according to God's word, we will be blessed. For a man and woman who have children will receive the blessings of Abraham as promised by God. Now, when we talk about sex, we have to talk about the book of Leviticus, the law. The book of Leviticus is the word of God. And though habits and lifestyles are very liberal in today's times, by no means does God's word become null or void. We should be obeying Leviticus 18 and all what it says. God speaking to Moses made it very clear. Let's go to Leviticus 18 now and read some of these things that God has told us to adhere to. And it's very strict. I'm going to read Leviticus 18 Verses 1 to 5. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall you not do. Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therefore in. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which is a man do, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. The Lord has made it very clear the way we should be living and we sh shall not obey the Lord our God for he is mighty. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Leviticus 18 verses 6 to 16. It speaks of incest or relationships with members of our close or distant family. Incest is still practised and it's one of the great hidden secrets in many families. Leviticus 18, verses 6 to 16. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him, 
to uncover their nakedness, I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of thy mother, shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father or daughter of thy mother, whether she is born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter, even their nakedness they shall not uncover. For there is thine own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister. She is thy father's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, for she is thy mother's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother. Thou shalt not approach to his wife. She is thine aunt. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Incest was a terrible business, an awful business, and should never be practised. You know, talking about your mother's nakedness, my mother was in hospital. She had lung cancer in 1971. I was only 20. And she had an operation and she had a scar from the nape of her neck right down to the small of her back. I understand they do things differently now. And I went to see my mother and I remember in the room with her and she said, do you want to see my scar? And I said, no, thanks, mum. I'd rather not see it. I was very upset when I went there. And all of a sudden, my mother lifted off her nightdress and turned her back towards me to show me this horrendous scar she'd had in the operation. And as she turned round, unfortunately, her breast was uncovered. And I gasped for breath. I couldn't understand that I had seen my mother's breast. I went to the bus stop outside the hospital waiting for a bus and I burst into tears. And the person I was with said to a woman, the woman said, whatever is wrong? And she said, oh, he's just been to visit his mother. She's had a serious operation and he's so upset. And it wasn't that that upset me. It upset me because I'd gazed on my mother's nakedness and I considered it a terrible sin. Hallelujah. Leviticus 18 verse 19. Also thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart from her uncleanliness. And this is saying that no man should ever approach a woman when she's on a monthly cycle. And this is a terrible thing. Leviticus 18 verse 23 says, Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to devour themselves therein. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down. There too, it is confusion. Bestiality is an abomination and must never be practiced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And a lot of these things were punishable by death in the Old Testament. Leviticus 18, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as a womankind. It is an abomination. This tells us that homosexuality is abomination. We're not supposed to use these scriptures at all. We can get in trouble by quoting the Bible. But God has said he's made it clear that homosexuality is an abomination. Leviticus 20 verse 13 says, If a man 
also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Hallelujah. When we speak of homosexuality, this has now been declassified and is not looked upon as sinful, but a choice. Sodomy practiced between two men is something we're not allowed to speak about anymore. God's word has been relegated. A man kind has decided to play God by the laws he has decided to pass. Leviticus sums it all up. If we look at Leviticus 18, verses 29 to 30. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall you keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that you defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. He is the Lord our God, and we should obey his ordinances and his commands. And mankind is not doing that anymore. Mankind has walked away from the will of God, and mankind dabbles in everything which is wicked and evil. And that's what I want to tell you today. If anyone is having any problems with incubus or succubus or is being sexually violated in their sleep, you can always contact me. I'll be most happy to help you. Hallelujah. And I just praise the name of Jesus. He is so wonderful. He is so marvelous. You see, if we keep God's commands and keep God's ordinances, we have nothing to fear. Our lives will be blessed. Many people who commit sexual sin, me included as a young man, you go through pain, you go through anxiety, you go through fear. And it takes an awful lot to get this stuff out of your life. When you do get it out of your life and you turn to Jesus, your life turns around and you feel so much better for having given up fornication. And by turning to Jesus, we no longer have these lust or perversions. We are being set free. That's all for this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. May God bless you all, and I'll allow Shannon to come back in and speak now. Brother Michael, that was a great broadcast today. What do you want to title this show for the archive? Well, I, I think it must be uh, Sex and Demons. Hey, that's a great title. This was an excellent teaching. Brother Michael, uh, tell people about your church, how they can make contact with you, and how they can support your ministry. Okay, well, if you if you wish to support my ministry, uh, my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. And you can contact me there uh, if you want to send me an email. And if you want prayer, I can send you my Skype address. Uh, I've also got a PayPal account on that email. So, you know, if you feel you want to support me, I would be eternally grateful to you. If you want to come and visit me at church, uh, our church is called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. There is a website there. We meet every Sunday from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock for the service, and I stay there till about 5 o'clock in the afternoon praying for people and doing deliverance. There is Bible study on Thursday between 12 to 2, and we do deliverance after. And there's prayer intercession on Friday evenings, and it will be lovely to see some of you if you live in the London area. Praise the Lord. 
Brother Michael, thank you very much for coming on. Do you want to close us in prayer? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord God, we, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you. We exalt and praise the blessed name of Jesus. And anyone who is have any problems with demons in their sleep, you have promised in Psalm 91 that you will give your angels charge over them. And we pray these people will be delivered and released from all sexual violation and torment. And we pray this today. Glory to your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Michael, we love you. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Brother. Love you too. Great God work. bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks, that was Michael Cummins.